0: This is Rush Hour
3: with Danny Burke on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: what's going on people welcome into a friday edition of rush hour presented by Bet rivers i am danny burke your host and if you can't tell by the noise all in the background as always we're live out of the Bet Rivers sportsbook just outside of chicago here in Des Plaines, illinois people are on their feet because all the seats are taken there was half the crowd ticked off about the call against miami or against usc rather that gave miami the win and half of the other crowd myself included and we weren't complaining too too much about it but there is madness all around and we are here to help you get even more prepared for it with not only in game but a look ahead to some of the other matchups and some guests that will be joining us well we got to get greg hoops peterson 15 minutes from now the college basketball guru himself he handicaps every single game Whether it's the big dance, whether it's the NIT, the man has it all covered. So 15 minutes from now, Greg will be joining us, telling us his lines that he made for the upcoming games and some of his top bets. Then how about 30 minutes from now, Beeson's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum live Instant City, usually posted up on the East Coast, but Josh is live in our VEASAN studios. And not only are we gonna hit some of the biggest market movers with Josh, but we've also got some football news. Deshaun Watson finally going to a team different than the Texans, the Cleveland Browns. We'll ask Josh how that's already impacted the betting market in the AFC North and in the AFC in general. End of the show, we're going to be looking at a Bulls preview tonight. I'll recap some of my basketball plays, but also we'll look at that Suns and Bulls matchup and a couple of props that may be of interest. Let's begin, though, with a couple of in-game updates for March Madness because we got a couple of good games going on right now. Texas and Virginia Tech squaring off about, let's see, 15 minutes left in the second half. The Longhorns have a 44-38 lead over Virginia Tech. If you want to go with the live betting lines right now, Texas is laying four in the hook at Bet Rivers. Money line minus 275. Virginia Tech plus 210 on the buyback. This was a game I actually went with Virginia Tech. I figured they were the hot team coming off the ACC Conference Tournament win. I get Texas was a very tough draw, but I gave the slight edge to Virginia Tech. Didn't make it a bet by any means, but in terms of my brackets, Virginia Tech was a team that I did have advancing. And if you're in the same situation maybe catching four in the hook right now may not be a bad route still plenty of time to go over 15 minutes remaining in that matchup but once again texas leads by six live line has the longhorns as a four and a half point favorite Other game right now, how about the Fighting Irish? Barely escaping their last game against Rutgers, but now they're coming out making a statement as of this moment against the Crimson Tide. Alabama down 61-47 to against the Fighting Irish. Less than 10 minutes to go in this game. Notre Dame an 11-point favorite. How about it? The Fighting Irish kind of, I, I don't want to say a mediocre team, obviously coming into the tournament. You're not a mediocre team, but there was nothing really that special it seemed about Notre Dame they just kept floating there and were on the precipice of being in the tournament for sure and then they had the playing game and again now they're making this statement against Alabama so looking good for Notre Dame if you had them advancing up by a large margin right now live line 11 in favor of Notre Dame total for that one at 142 and a half a little bit of juice on the under all right, let's get a preview of a game coming up next, though. This one, I think, is one of the more fascinating matchups. We've talked about it with several people throughout the course of this past week. I haven't gotten enough confidence to pull the trigger on the bet, but in terms of the bracket, I did have the underdog in this game, and that's going to take us to Iowa State and LSU, a very Unique situation for the Tigers, having their coach being terminated before going into the tournament. Will Wade was fired in the wake of those NCAA allegations. So now Kevin Nickelberry, he's gonna be taking over as the head coach. How are the Tigers gonna respond? They're a very youthful team, play very good defense, very efficient on that side of the ball, but also so does Iowa State. Iowa State limits opponents to about 66 and a half points, or excuse me, 63 points per game. The difference is offensively, ISU only averaging about 66 and a half points per game, where LSU is over 70. So that really could be the difference maker. But you have seen this market show some respect to the Cyclones. Now it opened six, as high as six in some spots. Now it's at four. So again, the Cyclones getting some love continuously up to tip off, because now they're catching four plus 155 on the money line minus 190 for LSU is the favorite this total a very short one again very good defensively Iowa State not the most dominant offensively and that's reflected in the total as low as 128 and a half the juice a little bit on the over at Bet Rivers minus 112 but not shocking to see this total as low as 128 in the hook again I kind of like Iowa State here I'm not infatuated with them only catching four now. Of course, I wish I got involved earlier if I were so interested in making an official play. But I still would give the slight edge to Iowa State here. It's it's not like a regular season game where you have the fallen star theory where you lose a top player or maybe you lose a coach in this kind of situation. You fire your coach and your team kind of rallies around it. Yeah, you could get away with that in a regular season game in whatever sport it may be. But for the first round of March Madness, I mean, that's tough to overcome. So it's a big question mark around this LSU squad. I'm certainly not rushing to have confidence in them, even though they may be the better team and more talented. That is just a looming kind of black cloud over them that could be the downfall to this squad. So we'll have to see. And because of those unknowns, it's making me unsure of where I want to go officially with the betting side. But again, the lean's gotta go with Iowa State. Nothing I've played officially. A lot of people we have had here on the program do like Iowa State as well. I believe Matt Humans was a big fan of them. but that's what it's teeing up for. This game gonna be tipping off in about an hour or so, but that's really the closest one that I have a lot of interest in. I wanna move along though later in the night with a game that I did end up pulling the trigger on. I've got two more that I added tonight for college basketball. I think we're 3-1 and one or 4. We're 4-1 four in our March Madness bets thus far, so we're looking to keep the hot streak, so to speak, going. Uh, Davidson and Michigan State. This game is piquing my interest because Michigan State is always a very peculiar time at this point of the year. March and Tom Izzo always go together pretty dang well, but I don't think this is going to be a viable option for him tonight in terms of the bets. I'm going to be going with Davidson. Michigan State opened about a 1.5-point favorite. Now it's pretty much just down to a pick-em. Total for this game at 140 and a half. Now Davidson, like we remember from the Steph Curry days, his team is reminiscent in the fact that it's a very good shooting team. They shoot 48% from the floor, over 38 and a half percent from deep, and 75.7 percent from the charity stripe big stat for myself is seeing how well teams do for the free throw line take advantage of the easy buckets knock them down that's a difference maker in a lot of games especially games that could be close as indicated by the spread for this matchup now this is her first appearance in the tournament since 2018 so They're going to be ready to go right out of the gate. And they also have four guys who score in the double digits for this team. So they got lethal scorers all over the place. And like I always tend to mention, we want to see where Greg Peterson has his handicap at. He's got Davidson as a a one-and-a-half point favorite. So he'll be betting Davidson in this game, and I'm with him. I'm taking Davidson against Michigan State. And look, Michigan State's fine. They're shooting over 45% from the floor, just under 38% from deep under 75% from the charity stripe, so not that big of a difference compared to what Davidson does offensively. But they've only got one guy who averages in double digits, Gabe Brown, and only at 11.4 points per game. Now the benefit could be they spread the wealth a lot, sure, but who's really their top guy that they're gonna trust down the stretch? I just don't think they have it up on that side of the ball to compete with the shooters of Davidson who can't shoot it lights out, and that's why they have success. Davidson averaging about 76 points per game. Michigan State averaging just 72. Defensively, now the Spartans have a tad advantage, limiting opponents to 68 points per game, whereas Davidson limiting opponents to 72 points per game. But again, I think Davidson still has the advantage. Greg likes Davidson a lot. That's always a plus. And the market is moving in favor of this Davidson squad. So that's who I'm going to be rolling with. Davidson on the money line. Even money is where I snagged him at earlier today. They're minus 110 right now. Michigan State's minus 108. But I do believe Davidson is the right play between those two squads. So that's an official play I got with those, two, uh, with those two teams in that game. The other game that I did have a bet on, TCU and Seton Hall. Now, this game, man, I was torn back and forth between it. But now that I've kind of seen this line move a little bit and had some more time to think about it, it's getting a little bit clearer to me the side I like. And that's going to be the side of Seton Hall. Seton Hall is now up to a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It hasn't been a huge movement by any stretch of the imagination. They opened up as about a one-point favorite, but it's come a little bit later. They're minus 124 on the money line right now at Bet Rivers, while the Horned Frogs are plus 104. This total at 128-and-a-half. Looking at Seton Hall, they're not necessarily the most prolific from deep. I mean, 42% from the floor, 34% from three but about 76% from the charity stripe, so that's a big plus, considering that TCU only is shooting 66.8% from the free throw line. No bueno for TCU, but they do shoot 44% from the floor, only 30% from beyond the arc, so you kind of have them crossing each other out in those categories, I'd say. But the thing about Seton Hall, kind of an interesting tidbit here, Per Ken Palm, they rank fifth in average height on their team. They got a trio of six-foot-six wings. They got Roden, Richmond, and and Those guys are absolute beasts out there. They can stretch the length of the floor. They can kill you on both ends. And I think when you have a trio consisting of that big a size who are very good scorers and can also lock you up defensively, well, you can take advantage in the first round against a team like TCU. In TCU... What we also talk about, aside from free throws, is rebounding and turnovers. Rebounding, and they're pretty much similar. But turnovers, TCU struggles with turnovers. They're turning the ball over 14 and a half times per game. Seton Hall only about 12 times per game. Again, I said this yesterday, you may not think that's a huge difference, but trust me, when it comes down to it, these games go into the wire. Those one or two different turnovers do end up making the impact in the game. So I like Seton Hall in this spot. I laid about minus a buck 20 on the money line. Again, now they're up to minus 124. But I'm rolling with Seaton Hall as an official play tonight and also Davidson. We'll recap those at the end. And trust me, we got some angles on some NBA tonight as well, but we will keep it in college basketball because joining us next, right here on Rush Hour, Greg Hoops Peterson. Stick with us.
0: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life...
2: This is Rush
3: Hour on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bed Rivers has you covered. Bed Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these CityCasts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure to subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back into the show. It is rush hour here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and it is now time to welcome on the college basketball guru himself, Greg Hoops Peterson, you can give a follow on the tweets at gunit underscore 81. If you don't know, well, Greg sets his own lines for every single game, and I'm talking every single one. So this is kind of like his holy grail during March Madness, and that's why we got to get the legend on himself. So, Greg, uh, plenty of games still to look forward to, of course, tonight and early lines tomorrow. I want to talk about this Duke matchup. Now, I've said this to other guests when we've talked about games with big spreads. I tend to stay away from it, but I'm always curious how other people look to handicap games where you see spreads as high as 18 and a half. And we know Duke's capable of covering that, but it's still the tournament. Anything can happen, just as Kentucky. But 18 in the hook is what CSU Fullerton is catching. This totals at 145, my man. Where did you set your lines?
6: I wound up taking the points here with Cal State Fullerton. I think that this is a couple too many, especially with the way that you've been seeing this Duke team coming in on defense. With regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis in their final three games, among teams that to make in the NCAA tournament worse than all of college basketball. So I did wind up setting this line at 14. Got a guy in EJ Onisiki who I think is going to be able to do a solid job down low. For Cal State Fullerton, came in from Sacred Heart, 16 points, 8 rebounds per game. I did wind up making my total 144. It is a Duke team that... They've been able to shoot well from three-point range, but I think that a little bit of regression is coming in for a guy in A.J. Griffin who's shooting nearly 50% from three in a and neutral court environment. Good shooter, but I just don't know if he's 50% good. Meanwhile, with Kelsey Fullerton, it's a team that they really don't attack from the three point arc very much. With regards to percentage of points that they wound up getting from threes, one of the lesser teams at all of college basketball. So I think that this is gonna be a little bit more of a control game. I'm looking under semi-total 144 and looking at the points with the Titans.
5: Now, Greg, moving on, this next game I was touching on a little bit to begin the show, Iowa State and LSU. I believe that I saw you had a little bit more faith in LSU than I did. I didn't end up putting a bet on, but in terms of my bracket, I did advance the Cyclones. The coaching situation obviously makes it a little bit suspect to trust LSU. I do think they're the more talented team, so I can completely understand the reasoning for wanting to trust them. But what goes into your analysis for trusting this Tigers team amidst the coaching debacle right now that we're seeing?
6: I think a big thing is to take a look at the history of interim coaches in the NCAA tournament, and while it's not very long, but you did wind up having one that stood out many years ago when Steve Fisher wound up leading Michigan all the way to a national title as an interim coach, so it actually has been done before. Obviously, I don't think LSU is gonna be able to win the national championship this year, but I take a look at Iowa State, one of the bottom teams with regards to offensive efficiency that made the NCAA tournament outside the top 230. With that regard, and LSU leads all of college basketball in terms of steals per game. The interim coaching regime, it seems like they're gonna keep things going with how they've been running this year. And with LSU, their offensive numbers are a little bit of, I guess you'd call them fool's gold, for lack of a better term, because with LSU, Xavier Pinson was out of the fold for much of the month of January into a little bit of February. He's come back. He's been able to fortify that offense. Darius Dace has been able to do a very solid job down low Long Terry Easton combining for 31 points, 14 rebounds. You just don't have that much size. When it comes to Iowa State, and it's an Iowa State team that, with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, one of the worst teams that want to make in the NCAA tournament. So I think that this is a bad matchup for Iowa State. I like LSU in the bracket, and with LSU, I was willing to lay up to eight with them, though. I do think that you're going to get a little bit more of an up-tempo game. I'm looking at this total over. I set my total out of 134. Greg willing to lay up to eight with
5: LSU remember the line's at four right now so Greg pretty high on this Tiger squad against the Cyclones Greg let's move along let's talk about a big favorite next Arizona laying 21 against Wright State Wright State treated me well the other night to kick off our March Madness betting don't know if I'm necessarily going to trust them tonight against the Wildcats
6: high total Greg 157 what stands out to you for this game I set my total at 157.5, so it's barely a take for me on the over. But I did wind up riding with the over when it was a tad bit lower in the AM. And with that said, with Arizona, willing to lay up to 23.5 with them. I recognize the Carcarisa dealing with the injury, but you've got Dalen Terry who's been able to do a nice job of being able to fill in at that guard spot, giving you right around nine points. This is out for assists, really just an ultimate Swiss Army knife guy that's able to give you winning plays. And then from there, Christian Coloco down low two and a half blocks per game, got a right C team that, to their credit, they've been shooting nearly 40% from three-point range over the last five weeks. But now they run into an Arizona team that we all talk about the high-powered offense. But they're still a top 25 team with regards points allowed on a per-possession basis. Arizona's been able to cover big spreads because they rank in the top 20 with regards to tempo and possessions per game. So I think that Arizona's going to be able to speed things up against a right C team that they themselves are looking to play very fast. So made my line 23 and a half. I'm on a lay here with Arizona.
5: All right, Greg, let's move along. Talk Houston and UAB, 8.20 p.m. Central Time. Tip-off is when this thing is scheduled to begin. Nine-point favorites are the Cougars. Total,
6: 137 and a half. you trust Houston laying nine right now? I think it's a little bit too lofty. You take a look at UAB and Houston. Both of these teams have some similarities. Houston is a team that's number one in all of college basketball with regards to offensive rebound rate. What that means is that if they wind up missing a shot, out of all teams in college basketball. They get the most offensive rebounds per missed shot in the country. And with UAB, this is a bunch that has Trey Jemison down low, comes in from Clemson, seven-footer, that's able to give you seven points, seven and a half rebounds, a block and a half per game. So I think that he's going to be able to win the battle down low against Josh Carlton along Fabian White, White guy that shoots 40% from three. They combine to give you 25 points per contest. Jordan Jelly Walker has been able to give this UAB team 19 points per contest as well. And both of these teams do a good job of being able to generate turnovers. Both generate at least eight and a half steals per contest. So I do think that things wind up getting a little bit stagnant with that regard. You've got a Houston team that they do a good job of being able to slow the games down outside of the top 250 with regards to possessions, Graham. So set my total thirty-six 136.5. I'm looking under. and with Houston. I'd like them to be able to win the game, but I think you've got too much depth and too many good pieces for UAB for them to get blown out. Set this line at six and a half. All right, Greg, let's talk Wisconsin and Colgate. This game,
5: another one that really stands out to me. I'm not that high on Wisconsin. I know some people even have Colgate upsetting Wisconsin outright. Maybe that's a little bit too far, but catching seven in the hook could be interesting. But with Wisconsin, you got a guy, Johnny Davis, who at any point can go in beast mode and just take over a game. You think we'll see that in this matchup,
6: or do you think it's going to be closer than the spread indicates? I wound up setting my line at six. And if this were away from the state of Wisconsin, because this is a game that's taking place in Milwaukee, I'd probably be setting this line closer to four, four and a half. This is a Colgate team that's number two in all of college basketball. In terms of three-point shooting percentage, they've got a whole bunch of guys that want it coming back. From last year's NCAA tournament team, now, you did wind up losing the heart and soul of that team in Jordan Burns, but you've got guys like Keegan Records down there who are able to give you six rebounds per game. I like what I've seen out of Jack Ferguson along Nellie Cummings combining for 27 points per contest. This team earlier this season put up 100 points on Syracuse. Now, we found out that the Syracuse defense was not so good this year, but that said, this is also a Wisconsin team that they just rely way too heavily on Johnny Davis. And, Johnny Davis, unlikely to be 100% in this game. You saw it in the Big Ten tournament. He went 3 of 17 from the floor. I think that'll give a better showing here, but Wisconsin just relies way too much on a guy that's not going to be 100% in this game, in my opinion. And in the state of Wisconsin this year, giant davis has shot 23 and percent from three with 18 and points per contest outside the state of wisconsin averaging 22 and points per game and shooting nearly 40 percent from three so i like colgate getting the points and they wind up setting my total at 140 i think that they're going to be able to bury enough threes to be able to get this total over
5: all right greg final game we'll get into before we let you get back to the action tell us about seton hall and tcu i'm going to be riding seton hall tonight they got a trio of wing players who are just or who can just absolutely stretch the floor, Six foot six, they can kill you on both ends. Is that going to be enough to overcome the
6: Horned Frogs this evening? I do think so. TCU is a team that ranks outside the top three with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis. TCU only shooting 30.5% from three-point range, 67% at the free line. They just don't put the ball in the basket enough for me to be able to trust them. Then you've got to see an all-team that is shooting a little bit over 76%. At the free-throw line, they do a good job of rebounding by committee. And then you've got Ike Obiagu, who literally has more blocks than points this year. 3.3 blocks per contest. So, it's going to be able to hold up down low. TCU, a top-10 team in the country with regards to rebound rate. But even though they are probably going to be able to get some second chances, you've got a all team that is just too good with regards to their perimeter players and a TCU team that... They really can't get a lot going from the outside, which is where you need to try to beat this C N all team. So I'm right there with you. Taking and all. I want to make them a four-point favorite. So one, two, take and all and set my total at 132. So looking at an over as well.
5: All right, Greg, you and I will be sweating that one out together, and I know you'll be sweating out every other single game, but thank you, as always, for making some time, my man. Keep up the great work. Try to get some rest in there every now and then, but also best of luck with the rest of your plays, buddy. Danny, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. You got it. Greg Peterson, folks. Remember to catch him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. All over the place here at VSIN, host of the Greg Peterson Experience. Coming up next, VSIN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum tells us all about the biggest market movers in college basketball and in the NBA. Coming next.
1: This is Rush Hour on VSIN,
3: the Sports Betting Network.
5: Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're still looking on how to fix your bracket at some kind of capacity or betting against a spread, our team is here and ready to get you geared up for every game and every round of the tournament get analysis from our experts which includes greg hoops peterson matt humans jonathan von tobel and tim murray because they got insights on every key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the potential cinderellas sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to be through the end of the tournament which is april 5th and it's only 19 dollars but be sure to check it out at vsin.com slash madness Alrighty, welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour. The network is VEASAN. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the River Sportsbook. It is a great environment going on right now here in the Chicagoland area. Can only imagine how nuts it is out in Sin City where we take it to talk to our guy, Josh Applebaum, VEASAN's betting reporter at Josh underscore insights where you can follow him on the tweets. Josh, uh, before we get into the games, tell us about your Sin City experience thus far. I know you're already sweating out Notre Dame and Rutgers on the plane ride there how's everything been going since then
7: oh danny it's been great and yeah i'm not coming to you uh skype from boston i'm in the flesh here in sin city so it's absolutely fantastic circa is popping i was at mandalay bay earlier the south point the atmosphere is electric here danny so yeah luck of the irish came through again uh you obviously that early game that play-in game what a thriller that was but it happened again just now they were a big line freeze dog here against alabama where big majority bets are on alabama yet that line pretty much stayed four four and a half So it continues here, Danny. And oh, by the way, UVM plus five cash yesterday. So I'm feeling good, Danny. Let's get after it. I love it. All right, Josh.
5: Well, let's keep it rolling here. Let's preview
7: this Iowa
5: State LSU game. Now, it's funny because I, I started talking about it. I'm like, I could kind of see an avenue for like an Iowa State here. Then Greg Hoops comes down. He's like, I would bet LSU up to eight points here. We've seen the spread at four right now. Josh, you tell me what you've been seeing with this line movement and just your overall handicapping of this game because it's sure to be a fun one.
7: Yeah, so what's really interesting, Danny, just from taking a step back, is we had a really epic favorite streak to start here. Favorites are 9-0 and ATS. Uh, had some dogs claw their way back, bark back yesterday, 13-7. and But I'm looking for some of these gross dogs that no one's believing in to start barking. And maybe the Notre Dame Irish is kind of a sign of things to come. Believe it or not, I have to go Iowa State here. I know they've been terrible. They've lost three straight. If you go back, uh, back on March 2nd, Danny, they only scored 36 points and lost Oklahoma State as a four and a half point dog by like 20 here. So I think you're really, really buying low in Iowa State in this matchup. And again, we've had these favorites do well. Another interesting Danny, is you know line movement. Looking at line movement and just a team that's getting at least a half point of line movement in their favor, which is what's happening here. You, know, you can get Iowa State plus four. They actually opened at four and a half. Some shops are down to three. Uh, Three and a half, but here's the thing, Danny, as long as you got a half point of movement in your favor, 14 and three against the spread, these teams with line movement so far. So I don't have the updated numbers now, but this would apply here with Iowa State. And again, they have, they've struggled, you know, LSU is, you know, kind of a, a team that I know the analytics and Greg Hoops has a good number on, but in this market that's so efficient, Danny, when we have the odds makers setting these really sharp numbers, going off so much data and information that they have. The fact that LSU is, you know, big public play here, but they open four and a half. The line's down to four, even three and a half. I got to go Iowa State here. I believe Ken Palm only has them losing by three or two. So I'll take the points here. Am I confident, Danny? Absolutely not. This is But this is a system play. I got to take the Cyclones and the points.
5: All right, Josh. Well, let's take a look at this other game that I actually pulled the trigger on. I'm hoping we're on the same side. Uh, Davidson and Michigan State. So it looked like Josh Michigan State kind of had some momentum early, maybe trending back toward Davidson in the spot. We know Davidson could shoot lights out, and I'm trusting them in this game. I took him even money on the money line. How are you feeling about this game?
7: I'm right there with you, Danny. I'll be sweating Davidson. Actually, just double-check the line. If you got a plus one earlier, that's what I jumped on. This is a good signal, this late movement, Danny, toward, obviously, Davidson here. So a lot of these books open. You know, Michigan State laying one and a half. Got down to a pick'em. It's kind of it was kind of hanging around a pick'em pretty much all day. But again, I put a lot of stock into these late moves. Remember yesterday, Danny, Providence. Providence got down to two. Late money pushed them up to three. They end up, you know, kind of being in a spot there where they were undervalued and they covered in one outright. Same spot here with Davidson. Uh, this would be a Ken Palm sound the alarm earlier. He actually had, when they were getting a point or one and a half, he has them winning this game by one. I like the fact that Davidson is in a pretty good contrarian spot. You know, they're getting less than half the tickets, but almost 65% of money. The late move is going in their favor. So if you miss the one, you know, I would look at a Moneyline play right now. Danny, you and I don't like to lay a one when we can pay a little more juice with That's the right. money Moneyline, protect <laughs> ourselves. Imagine if you lay one with Davidson, they win by one and you push. So I'd go money line at this point. If you miss the one or the one and a half, uh, and again, I think this public bias toward, hey, it's Sparty, it's Tom Izzo, it's March, you got to play him. I like the fact that Davidson, kind of a smaller school, who I know Steph Curry's on this one with us, Danny. Let's go Davidson plus one or money line. That's right. And some people are thinking Davidson could kind of be that sweetheart
5: kind of Cinderella team to maybe even get past Duke if that's what could be the eventual matchup. First, they got to get past Tom Izzo and the Spartans. But hey, that's what we're banking on. So we'll be sweating that one out together, buddy. Uh, Tell me about then TCU and Seton Hall. This is the second of a play that I have tonight. And I'm going with Seton Hall here, Josh. Greg and I were on the same page for this one. He made this line like four. What are your numbers telling you? What's the line movement telling you? And how are you going to bet this one?
7: Danny, you know in the hangover, they have the wolf pack. Well, me, you, and, uh, and our buddy Hoops, we're the wolf pack here. I'm with you. Give me Seton Hall in this one. Uh, there were two games coming into today where I was just like, wow, we have really good contrarian favorite plays here. One was Texas. They're only getting 26% of bets. Looking at it now, Danny Texas is up 12 with four minutes left. The other really sharp contrarian favorite would be Seton Hall here. They open like a pick 'em or minus one. You've seen them creep up to minus one and a half, another game day move that I put a lot of faith into. Uh, And really the play here is only 33% of bets on Seton Hall. So again, just like Texas, Danny, we get to this time of year, March Madness again. Public loves betting these, uh, you know, these kind of popular teams. They don't really want to get on a dog. They want to play a favorite. The fact that everyone's loading up here on TCU and you have a contrarian favorite opportunity, only getting 33% of bets. I love this spot towards Seton Hall. I took Seton Hall on the money line, Danny. Also, I would keep an eye out for maybe a low-scoring game. The total in this one open 130. It's down to 128 and a half. Uh, But give me Seton Hall. I love this spot. And again, Danny, if you give me a favorite getting less than 40%, 30% of bets, I love it. Those are really my favorite spots to back a favorite. Let's go uh, Seton Hall here on the money line.
5: All right, I dig it, my man. Well, let's transition over to the association. Still talking hoops, but going professionally. I want to get your thoughts on this Dallas Mavericks and Philadelphia 76ers game. Obviously, this one had a lot on the line in terms of if Joel Embiid was playing, but in terms of where this spread is right now, I'm assuming he is a go. I'll you know, defer to you to give me the final <laughs> update, but Philly's a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, total 217 in the hook. What are we thinking here?
7: Yeah, this is a play I really loved earlier. I already bet it. It's getting a little bit dicey because it's coming back the other way. So maybe that is, you know, an Embiid questionable when he's playing. But uh, I love, love Dallas. I'm going to stick with Dallas in this spot. You know, they open getting four and a half. They get all the way down to three and a half. And that's important because big majority of bets here on the 76ers, James James Harden at home. Now, you're seeing this thing creep back up, so it's back up to 4.5 at some shops. Uh, I would say, hey, if you can find a a 4.5, I'll grab the points there. This is a really tough schedule spot for the 76ers. They're playing their third game in five days. I think the tired legs might catch up to them, kind of like how we saw Indiana yesterday against St. Mary's, Danny. Uh, Also, defensively, Dallas, number six defensive efficiency in the NBA. Also, a really good home road ATS split here. Look at Dallas, 21-13 and against the spread on the road. Philly, only thirteen and twenty one ATS at home. So I think it's a it's a tough spot schedule wise. Tired legs for 76ers. I'll take Doncic in the four and a half here. Uh give me the points with the maps.
5: Yeah, and it does look like Embiid is going to be starting. So Hey, there you go. That could be baked already into the line that they say is going to be starting. So we'll see. Should be a fun one there in Philly between the Sixers and the Mavericks. But not only do we have all the NBA, of course, like we were talking about, we have plenty of March Madness action. And, Josh, before we let you go, any final tips or advice for people getting into the thick of it right now? I know it's pretty hectic and everybody wants to get involved in every game, but what's some advice you would offer to maybe more novice bettors at this point in the year?
7: Yeah, so I think if you're trying to get in right now, it is a tough situation because, hey, you know, the train's moving at 100 miles an hour, so it's tough to jump in at this point. I would just say, you know, look at the data. We provide so much great information at VEASAN.com. Look at the line movement. Take a look at the percentages. If you can find, you know, a team with a line move in their favor that's also getting less than half the tickets, that's a play that I'll make. And, of course, recency bias, that comes into play as well. So, uh, Danny, let's, let's get Texas home right now. I'm feeling good about the Longhorns.
5: Oh, baby, Josh is on fire right now, folks. If you see him there at Circa or anywhere in Sin City, be sure to say what's up. And also be sure to follow him on Twitter, at Josh underscore insights. Josh, enjoy the rest of your trip and keep cashing those tickets, my friend. I appreciate it, Danny. Good luck tonight. You got it. You as well. Once again, that's Josh Applebaum, co-host of Betting Across America here on VSIN, and the Market Insights podcast contributes pretty much everywhere. So, vsin.com/slash subscribe. You can get all of Josh's content and more so on Twitter at Josh_underscore_insights. All right, we got one more segment to go here on this Friday evening on Rush Hour. We'll talk a little bit of NFL big news with Deshaun Watson picking a team in the AFC. The AFC just continues to get more and more loaded. We'll take a look at those odds. We'll take a look at the Bulls and Suns game tonight and maybe a couple of props that could be worth some interest and then we'll recap some of those college basketball bets that I am rolling with tonight. So still a lot to come. One more segment, Friday evening, it is Rush Hour. Stick with us, Danny Burke, your host, out of the Bat River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. We'll be right back.
3: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
6: wherever you get your podcasts.
7: This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
5: BetRivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. So download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up today. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. Okay, time for our final segment here on Rush Hour. The network is VEASAN. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 And we are gearing up for this final segment, and we're kind of going all over the place. So bear with us because we've got plenty to discuss. We've got big news in the NFL. We've got a Bulls game. And then, of course, we are in the midst of March Madness. But let's kick things off in football with the latest quarterback news, Deshaun Watson. Being traded to the Cleveland Browns. It was reported that they were talking to him and then apparently weren't interested in him. And then he was going to maybe go to the Saints or the Falcons. But lo and behold, now he's going to the tougher conference and arguably the toughest division next to the AFC West, now the AFC North. So Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland. What does that do for the betting market? Well, the Browns were about 40 to 1 or so to win the whole dang thing. Now at Bet Rivers, you see Cleveland 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, the Deshaun Watson effect. AFC, they're about eight to one currently, and in the AFC North, they had the third longest odds, but now they are the short shot. Cleveland, plus 175 to win the AFC North. Baltimore, plus 220. The Bengals, who are just in the Super Bowl, plus 220. How can you forget about Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers at eight to one? You're telling me you don't want to trust Trubisky? Yeah, good job, Pittsburgh. Uh, look, Deshaun Watson of Cleveland, yes, that's huge in the sense of getting a big playmaker and a quarterback that is better, presumably, after the year hiatus, better than Baker Mayfield. But if you're looking for some value here, a division that's going to beat up on itself, definitely no chance I'm rushing to get the plus 175 with Cleveland. If I was going to do anything right now, probably be plus 220 with Baltimore. But there's probably going to be plenty of opportunities within this division to get better value on one of these teams. We see it all the time. There's no need to get in a hurry, get flustered about this happening, because it's a deep division and a tough one, aside from the Steelers. But just wait, have some patience, and see how it even looks right out of the gate. But that is the impact. Cleveland Browns now the favorite to come out of the AFC North plus 175 Baltimore Cincinnati plus 220 then the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mitch Trubisky are at eight to one but Super Bowl 40 to one to 16 to one huge movement post Deshaun Watson news again look you gotta do what you gotta do I guess in terms of getting a quarterback I know off the field it's kind of ruffling some feathers so we'll see how that translates but Hey, that's the latest move, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty more throughout the NFL as we get closer to summer and then eventually the start of the season. But just wanted to throw that out there and update you on some of those odds and how they have been altered. Uh, Let's go back to basketball next. Let's go to the NBA, though, because I do want to spend a little bit of time previewing this Bulls and Phoenix Suns matchup. Bulls lost two games ago on the road at the Kings, the game they should have won. They had to win that one. And then you knew they were going to get embarrassed against the Jazz. We said, hey, wait for a better number on Utah. No doubt it'll come. Well, the Bulls kept it close for a majority of the game, and you definitely could have got a better number in-game betting on Utah, and then Utah ends up winning by double digits. Similar thing could be attributed to this matchup on the road against Phoenix. Phoenix is a way better team. I mean, they're the best team in the league right now, despite Chris Paul being absent, and despite the fact they only beat the Bulls by three in February at United Center. Bulls are atrocious on the road. Couple games under 500, they couldn't even beat the Kings. I can't stress that enough. This game has Phoenix as a five and a half point favorite. Suns also minus 235 on the money line. The Bulls plus 180, total at 231 and a half. Phoenix is one of, if not the best defensive team in the league, and they're gonna take advantage of the Bulls weaknesses that they pose defensively. Yes, again, we know Caruso's in the mix, but it's not taking that big of a step forward like we envisioned it would and has in the past. The Suns are going to expose the Bulls from beyond the arc. Bulls, second-worst team in defending from three-point range. Bulls, very good in transition. Well, the Suns counter it with solid transition defense. It doesn't matter. We've seen the Bulls have advantages in small spots offensively, but they haven't been able to overcome it whether it's on the road or against teams that are even strength-wise or skill-wise or better than them. They just can't do it. It's, It's unbelievable. But they play iso ball, the Suns are gonna expose it, they're gonna make them look in other directions to score offensively, and the Bulls will probably slack. But hey, maybe they do keep it close for a little bit. Maybe they are able to be competitive for a majority of this game. Well, then we can take the same strategy that we did against the Jazz. Still trust Phoenix here, but wait to get a better number as opposed to laying five in the hook, maybe you can get a three. Maybe you can get a relatively appropriate price on the money line to where you just need Phoenix to win this one outright. That's probably your best course of action to take in terms of the overall outlook for this game. But let me also pose a couple of props to you that could be worth the play. Devin Booker yes it's kind of easy to always think Devin Booker and look at his props because sometimes we like to look in other avenues that may not be tapped into as much but Devin Booker is the only prop that really caught my attention for this game so his points prop at BetRivers Rivers is 26 and a half minus 113 each way now Booker's averaging 26 points per game this season He's gone over 26 and a half points in 29 out of 59 games, and more recently, he's eclipsed this mark in the last three games. On the road against Chicago, February 7th, had a great game, 14 of 23 from the floor, five of 10 from deep, remember, Bulls are terrible defending the three, Booker hit five of them, 50% from beyond the arc. Five of six from the free throw line, racked up 38 total points. The Bulls ranked 19th in defensive effective field goal percentage. And they're 29th. Again, in defending the three-point shot, six in mid-range. I put that there because the majority of Booker's shots do come from mid-range. The next most shot attempts come from beyond the arc. But also in that first game, remember that Chris Paul was playing. Chris Paul being in the mix, does that set up more opportunities for Booker? Yeah, maybe. But with Chris Paul being absent, Devin Booker's been forced to take more shots. So the fact that he dropped 38 on the road in the first time against the Bulls with Chris Paul... Imagine how many points he can drop at home where he's more comfortable without Chris Paul where he's got to take more shots, still against a poor defensive squad in Chicago. I kind of thought this number would be like 28 and a half. Now, I am a little bit hesitant to make it an official play, and the reason being there is a chance that the Suns could get out to such a big lead and just demolish this Bulls team or maybe he takes to the second half. But regardless, then they're going to take out Devin Booker. Right? They're not going to stress him out and really use his legs to the very end of the game, and obviously that's going to hurt his chances to score over 26.5 points. So that's what's causing me to be a little bit hesitant. A strong lean to the over, yes, an official play, maybe not so much. But if you have more conviction and you think the Bulls can keep it close, then I would suggest taking that into consideration. Also another prop you should take into consideration, what about him over two and 3-point field goals made? He can easily hit that even if he doesn't play the full game. So you could go over that, but not go over his 26 and a half points naturally. And the over is minus 127. So the odds are indicating more often than not, he'll probably get over this mark. And again, he locked that down the first game against Chicago, where he went five and ten from deep. Bulls second worst at defending the three. On average this season, Booker making 2.7 threes per game on over seven attempts. He has gone over two-and-a-half three-point field goals made in the last six consecutive games. In the month of March, he's averaging four three-point field goals made on nine attempts. He's gone over this mark overall in 31 out of 59 games. So maybe that's your better option. Devin Booker over two-and-a-half three-point field goals made, minus 127. Definitely stands out, and he's been going over this consistently as of late. Remember the last six games, he's already done it against the Bulls, and he's averaging four three-point field goals made in the month of March. Booker could be primed for a big night. All right, well, we are looking for a big night ourselves in college basketball. If you missed it earlier, I am rolling with two plays for March Madness this evening for our official Danny's Dimes. The first one, Davidson, even money on the money line to defeat Michigan State. I get it. Tom Izzo and March, the Spartans team. It's built different this time of the year. Well, Davidson's a very good offensive squad. They're shooting over 48% from the floor. from deep, and 76% from the charity strike. They have four guys who score in the double digits. Michigan State only has one guy. I'm going to trust a better offensive team, and I'm going to roll with Davidson on the money line. The other play that we're going with, TCU Seton Hall late movement has been going towards Seton Hall. Greg Peterson had him laying four. Josh Applebaum liked him as well. Like he said, feel like we're the hangover, the three best friends that anyone could have. Right, we're all riding Seton Hall tonight. I took a minus buck twenty on the money line. Very lengthy, very solid team on both ends of the floor. I'm going with Seton Hall minus one twenty against TCU. So those are the two official plays I have tonight. Best of luck if you tail or with any of the action you got rolling. Enjoy the slate of games all throughout this weekend. Keep those brackets alive, baby. And we'll catch up again on Monday for another edition of Rush Hour. Till then, take care.